Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of I Like to Read with me, your host, Rachel Polanski. What a whirlwind of a week it has been, guys. Um, I started my new job on Monday. Um, We'll keep the details of the actual company private, um, but I am going to be doing um, event producing for virtual webinars and virtual um, digital events um, for a large company, and then the clients um, are from different companies all over the place. Um, I get to be working from home forever, which is pretty sweet because I really, I like talking to people and I like getting to know people, but the hassle of like actually driving and having to go somewhere and the extra time it takes and the parking and the annoyance with traffic, like none of that have to do, I don't have to deal with any of that. And I'll get to talk to people from like all over the country and all over the world, which is pretty cool if I do say so myself. Um, excuse me. So, um... Yeah, I mean, so far, so good. It's definitely, like, different adjusting to um, not only, like, a larger company and how much better organized and efficient they are, especially in terms of their onboarding process and the clear expectations of, like, what you're supposed to do, at least so far. Um, So I just feel very lucky that I, you know, it's unfortunate that I was laid off, but that this opportunity happened to present itself just the perfect timing and it just seemed like a really good fit and so far so good so you know I'll keep y'all updated (laughs) if anything crazy happens but for now it's nice to have a job where I kind of just like enjoy what I'm doing so far it's not like crazy but I still feel somewhat engaged and happy um so that is cool obviously um anything else new in like the pop culture realm since we last spoke oh um if you have not already because this episode is coming out the week after I re- the episode with Arielle is coming out, check out the interview slash conversation with Ariella Elevik about her new graphic memoir, Cheeky. We discuss all sorts of like cultural and pop cultural taboos against body hair and women's appearance and in the media and also the sort of conversation and the larger topics and nuances surrounding body positivity and also just body acceptance and she's really cool and awesome and check out her book if you haven't already and also just check out our conversation um to get a hint of the book and her style she also has a really cool instagram called the cheeky blog um which is what kind of started the book um so check all that out below give her a follow check out her book check out the interview if you have not already that will be linked down below how many times can i say that okay um so let's get started with our book since i didn't record I recorded last week, but the episode I recorded was with Ariella, so I didn't do a, just my typical, you know, five book rundown. So I might be a little rusty on even more so than usual on some of the details since it's been over a week. But this one I'm certainly not rusty on because I actually, um, technically all the books that are I'm talking about I read two weeks ago except for this one because I snuck it in because it was so freaking good. So um, our first book is Confident Women, Swindlers, Grifters, and Shapeshifters of the Feminine Persuasion by Tori Telfer. I have loved Tori Telfer um, for quite a few years. So I first met her, was introduced to her work through the book um, Criminal Broads, which is all about female criminals throughout history. Um, Similar to this, but of course, this one as the title states focuses on confident women. And with Criminal Broads, she then started a podcast, um, which talks about some of the stories from her book, but also um, just stories that are not in her book. She has interviews with cool people like involved in the crime and con world. Um, so as soon as I knew that this was coming out, I had to put a hold on it on the library and I'm super, uh, lucky, I guess is the word that literally the day it came out, um, my hold was available. So I consumed it in about 24 hours because 
it was that engrossing. Um, so each um, chapter is focuses on one individual woman's story, and then the sort of sections are siphoned off into about like three or four stories per section um, because there are different kinds of con women, as you will learn and are probably aware. Um, some are swindlers, some are grifters, some are murderers, although most of the crimes um, in this collection are more of the, you know, the confident, the swindling. So typically there's less sort of the murder and the the horror that comes with it, but that doesn't mean that people's lives are not affected. Um, and what was really great is even though I knew like a few of the stories in this, I was really unfamiliar with most of them. Um, and it was just fascinating the way that Tori is a fantastic writer because everything that she writes is so literary and it feels as if she were actually there. You can tell that she's done so much research, but it feels as if she's really telling you the story. Um, and I'm sure, you know, she takes a little bit of liberty and just in terms of synchronizing and making sure it flows together. But like, it takes a lot to write a really engaging nonfiction book. And I mean, I guess part of it is that these stories are so much lo so larger than life and like so ridiculous. It is almost like she's writing fiction, but it would be easy to, you know, have all that information, but not really know what to do with it. And Tori presents sort of a clear picture of how women and con women in society, especially all over the world, all different kinds of time periods. So it's really just like a fascinating dive, even if you think you know about confident women. If you don't think you're interested in true crime, this is definitely more interesting because, I mean, not more interesting, but it's definitely a little bit lighter just again because there's l less of those like gruesome, horrific, actual murders and actual uh, violence, although it could be argued that these are just as equally destructive, especially like financial violence. Um, some of the most noticeable notable ones, um, there is a woman, Jean de Saint-Rémy, who um, somehow like kind of started the French Revolution and Marie Antoinette all because of a diamond necklace. And um, that was a story that I was basically unfamiliar with and a really great way to start off the book. Um, there's some that I was like a little bit more familiar with, like there was... Um, well, there's, there's actually a couple that she's talked about on Criminal Broads, um, so I was, like, a little bit familiar with those, but she goes into more detail in the book or goes into it differently. Um, and it's just sort of, you know, it's a really <laughs> fascinating read. Um, so even though it's nonfiction, like I said, it, like, reads like fiction because the stuff is too crazy to believe, and Tori just presents it all in a great package and is such a wonderful writer. So check out Confident Women, check out Criminal Broads, check out all her stuff. Tori's really cool. Um, and next we have My Year Abroad by Chang Rei Li. Um, this is just kind of like a sweeping novel about what it means to be um, abroad in a country, both literally um, as our protagonist and also sort of like feeling abroad as sort of like someone who's multinational and doesn't really understand like his place fully in like the American society as well. Um, so it's sort of our main character, Tiller, is recounting what happened in his year abroad. Um, he meets um, another character named Pong, and Pong promises him this life of riches and excitement. So Tiller very easily gets caught up in that. Um, and then it's very clear um, that it's, you know, maybe not going to go so well. Like, you know, the higher you rise, the further you fall. Won't give way too many details on that. But it's just sort of, it's very fascinating because Tiller almost tells it like a stream of consciousness, like so much is happening. And it does shift a little bit back and forth with the time periods in terms of like, is Tiller abroad? Is he retelling this story? Is he with this new character? So it's like a little hard to follow sometimes. Um, but I think that it's also, um, you know, shows how we emerge into different cultures and 
and different spaces and how it's messy and it doesn't always fit into this neat linear timeline because people's journeys are so different and we take pieces of us from the past to into the present and the future. Um, and so just like the mixing of our different experiences and how that makes our identity. I mean, there's a lot about like mentorship and different sort of relationships that humans have with each other beyond just the sort of romantic scope. Um, there's also, um, despite some darker stuff happening in it, there's like a very sort of wry, um, matter of fact tone. Um, this is the first book that I have read by him, but I am definitely interested in seeing what happens next. Um, so if you are interested in sort of the more, um, I guess, you know, what makes a person's identity, what um, a transformative experience can do to you, um, particularly one that takes you across the nation, um, and how our different relationships um, can influence at different times in our life. I'm trying to be a little bit vague because I don't want to give away, like, I didn't know too much about this going into it, and I wasn't really sure where it was going to go, and then I was pleasantly surprised at not knowing where it was going to go. Um, that's always fun when you, you know, the book surprises you and it's, you're along for the ride, just like Tiller is telling you. Uh, so that is that. Next, we have Betty by Tiffany McDaniel. So Betty is a young woman um, born, she is um, born to a white mother and a Cherokee father, but she lives on the Cherokee reservation. Um, when is this? This is like in the 50s, I think. So she is, this is at this, um, she grows up in the Appalachian Mountains, and the story is actually um, her name's Betty Carpenter, and um, I guess Tiffany. It's based on the story of Tiffany McDaniel's mother, which is really cool. Even though this is a fictional book, um, I'm sure that clearly, you know, there is a lot of inspiration in family lore. So Betty grows up as a young girl. Um, she has a lot of siblings uh, because they live on the reservation, because they are lower class, and because she has lived a sheltered life for a long time. She struggles to fit it in school. Almost, you know, it's as if. You know, they are as they're looked at as a separate race. They're looked at as dirty. They're looked at as other and less than. So naturally, that's very difficult for a child. Um, this resilience that she grows and the way that she uses writing is, you know, very sort of like that trope of writing as escapism. But also, um, you know, she's clearly a storyteller from a young age and uses writing and the power of words and prose to escape the horrors that she's living every day. Um, she see, you know, she sees some horrible things that happen. Um, in her life that forced her to kind of see her mundane existence and see the trappings of if she were to sort of follow the path that is laid out for her and it and enlightens this fire in her if she needs to she needs to change her life and she needs she she can do that through the power of words and through the power of writing um and so they live in this small town called breathed ohio breathed ohio um and there's also a lot of um so we we learn about Betty, as you know, it's definitely a coming of age novel, um, but it's also just about you know establishing a voice of a young woman in this time period and all the difficult things that she had to go to just to be a storyteller, just to tell her own tale. Um, there is there are some definitely brutal, more visceral, detailed scenes, especially of sexual assaults and animal abuse and some more um, detailed things that may be triggering for people. But overall, it is a story of hope and resilience and optimism. Um, so I definitely would would check it out. Um, I think she's written another book called The Summer That Melted Everything, um, which I have on my Kindle, but I haven't read yet. 
So that that is TBR, and we'll hopefully make it into an episode soon. Um, but if you're interested in a girl comes of age against a knife, um, discovering you know some some truths that may be too young in age, but how that can shape you and the journey that yeah one young woman, one young girl goes on to find herself. You know, it sounds like every other book, but promise, promise you it's good. Um, next, we have Earthlings by Sayaka Murata. So this is a Japanese novel that was translated into English. So while there might be like a few little nuances and places that are kind of hard to understand, I felt like it was just as easy to read. Um, don't let. The, sometimes I feel like because a book is translated from another language, I won't enjoy it as much because I'm not going to get the same prose and like you know when you're an author I feel like or a writer like every word is so intentional that if it's being translated we might lose some of the story or some of the intention behind the writing but I don't think that was true in this case um so our main character is Natsuki um we meet her when she is a young girl she's clearly very weird she believes that she is not meant to be in this sort of society they call the the factory and you know she's ingrained in, in her from a young age that girls are pretty much meant to grow up get married, have babies, live their life to society, and not really do much else with their lives. Um, and they live in the cousins, and her cousin, you, um, they become very close, and they develop um, a sort of beautiful but clearly slightly unsettling sexual relationship. Um, so when they are found kissing, um, their parents shut them off for the rest of their lives and then we meet natsuki when she's now an adult she is living with her husband but he is asexual she clearly still has feelings and this moment with her cousin has shaped her entire life so there's an incident that leads them to be reunited and through that um that's the first time that natsuki and you have seen each other in 15 20 years um so there's a lot i mean there, there's a lot to unpack here at first it's also just a story about you know what it's like to feel so removed from society that you feel like you have to create your own society and there's you know that underlying question you know is natsuki an alien who is from another society and sent here to sort of dismantle the system and that's why she doesn't belong or is it something in her imagination and is it something that she's able to pass on to others and have others understand or is it something that's going to alienate you know for lack of a better word her further from her family um so it's pretty it's pretty tight it's about 250 pages a lot happens it's very much you know for anybody who's felt like they haven't fit in before there's clearly you know it's an extreme situation but very relatable to feel like you know maybe i am am i an alien like my skin literally is crawling like i don't feel like i belong in this society and with the values that have been endeared on me and there's at least one other person who kind of understands what i'm saying so maybe i'm not alone um so if you're into that sort of, I mean, it's not sci-fi-ish at all, but there's, you know, she comes up with her own planet, or maybe it's an actual planet, who knows, and the world building from that is also very cool. Um, so check out Earthlings. And last but not least, we have Finlay Donovan is Killing It. This is a fun one. Um, this is by El Cosimano. Um, so Finlay Donovan, we meet her. She is a mother of two. She's recently divorced from her husband or just about to be divorced. She is behind on bills and her life is pretty hard. You know, it's she's not she's an author actually uh, she's not she's behind on her manuscript she is sort of just like at the end of her rope and needs something to change so when she happens to be at a panera um there's sort of a misinterpretation conversation with a young another woman and the woman pretty much hires her to kill her husband 
And while the Finley is, you know, just sort of the typical suburban mom who's by no means a killer, she kind of finds herself uh, tempted, of course, you know, by the idea of this money because she figures, you know, maybe I can do this and maybe I maybe I could pull this off and maybe the money's worth it. So um, the plot kind of ensues from there. And it obviously it's ridiculous and fully aware of that in itself, but it is somewhat unbelievable too. like the fact that made this so endearing was there's definitely much more humor to it. It's not really like a thriller per se, even though there is a series of murders and questions and who is responsible for this and red herrings and all that. But I think that it's um, just important to kind of, you know, measure the messiness and the realness of being a mother and being a woman in society. And uh, it's very likely could happen. And we've seen in the news and even with confident women that this happens to real women. But when you get up to take the liberties of fiction and enrich these characters and these lives um, to see, you know, how also how quickly like just a chance meeting in Panera can lead to a series of murders and someone becoming a murderer and involving other people in money. Um, but it is, you know, surprisingly heartfelt. It's very fast paced despite being, I think it's, it's almost 400 pages, but it goes by like that. And Goodreads also says it's Finley Donovan number one, which means maybe this is a series and we'll have other ones to come. So stay tuned for those. Um, so I hope you enjoyed at least one of those books. Um, please, as always, let me know what you're reading. I'd love to know. Let me know what you're watching. Also listening to, um, please, 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 if you have not already, make sure you are subscribed either on YouTube or iTunes, Spotify, and make sure if you could leave a five-star review on iTunes. That helps so much myself and Willoughby, my cat, who's not even in here, would be eternally grateful. Um, so I think that is all we have for you today. Um, and until next time, stay reading. Bye. Thank you.